Hey, Al. Hey, Barry. What? Uh, I... I don't have a joke. (laughs) This isn't funny anymore. It's time for Compelled Duel. (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Compelled Duel. I'm Barry. And unfortunately, I'm Al. And unfortunately, we are a single-player, co-DM'd Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition actual play podcast. Last time on Compelled Duel, Laryl and Ferora Valsine saw each other for the first time in five years. They had some interactions with each other and with their various divine patrons. And it became a race to get to a portal on a mountain above the city of Gimtarum before the other one could. And oh boy, did they get there at just about the same time. Leo found out that his ex-fiance has been dead for three months. And cast a fourth level blight, despite his previous lack of magical ability as far as Fee was aware, on his sister and did 20 damage. Yikes. (laughs) So now is the part where we explain the mechanical apparatus that we have done within D&D that's going to allow us to play 11 combatants with two people. <laughs> yeah. So what we did basically is we have paired off the members of Team Leo and Team Fee into separate smaller combats. We rolled initiative for Fee and Leo, which Fee handily handily won because of the alert feat. And so all members of Team Fee, so that's Kalesa, Fen, Sabine, Erve, and Verity, will be going first in their separate combats. And then we rolled initiative for each separate group to determine what order they're going to be going in in this combat. Characters are free to move out of their respective combats to do what they need to do. We have a battle map that we're going to be posting on the website and on all of our social medias when this episode airs so you guys can kind of keep track of where we all are so essentially what we'll be doing is we'll be building an image folder of everybody's positions at the top of each initiative yeah just so nobody gets lost in the middle of the combat because again we're two people running 11 combatants so we're gonna see how this goes this is highly experimental (laughs) Uh, sorry for any bugs in it. (laughs) We're doing our best. So, at the top of our order is Fee. You have just watched something impossible happen. Your brother, who was previously incapable of magic, has done such a high amount of necrotic damage on you as to make you feel like you are half-dead. What do you do, given everything about the situation? Uh, Leo is also going to have to make a con save. Nine. That's not going to do it. He is going to cast Thunderstep, and Leo did not make the con save to not take damage from that. So he takes... 28... Thunder damage. 
Oh my god, okay. <laughs> He's not looking good. What direction are you headed, buddy? I can teleport to any space I can see within 90 feet. Fi looks behind her, and she teleports 65 feet away back onto the next ridge. Okay, and that brings us to Leo. So on Leo's turn, he is going to take his full 30 feet of movement up towards the ridge. He still does have a line of sight on you since you're close to the edge. He's going to try to cast a hold person. I'm going to need Fee to make a DC 15 whiz save. That's a nine. That doesn't make it. So you are paralyzed for the duration of the spell. At the end of each of your turns, you can make a whiz save. On a success, the spell ends on you. So essentially, you've got to burn your turn until you make that whiz save. Seeing this happen, Sabine is just going to try to go after the most visually intimidating person on Team Leo, which is Zed. She's going to draw up even with him and cast... Sabine doesn't have a lot of combat spells, <laughs> shockingly. I spect her to be a spy! I'm sorry! I know, it's all good. Zed's gonna make a DC 15 whiz save. Nine. Sabine tilts her head and says, Isn't this just the wildest day? This is so funny. And as she says that, she twists her wrist, so one of her bell cuffs jingles. And then stomps her foot and, like, grinds the ball of it into the ground. So another one goes and casts Tasha's hideous laughter and Zed fails the whiz save. So he falls prone, hysterically laughing, and is unable to stand up for the duration of the spell unless he makes the whiz save. <laughs> Zed staggers forward and hears her make this joke. The spell takes effect on him. He goes down to his knees and goes, <laughs> lady you got no fucking idea and just starts howling and i'm gonna burn zed's turn to roll another whiz save what's the dc hold on 15 he just barely doesn't get it by one he misses it by one so zed has burned his turn that's so sad and then the next person in initiative is one Arave enmar I think Arave sees that Talindra has a bow strapped to her back. As a bonus action, she's going to go ahead and use her insightful fighting, which means she's going to make an insight check contested by Talindra's deception check. <laughs> so Arave, for insight, rolls a lovely, lovely 24, which I don't think mechanically Talindra can roll a 24 on a deception check. She rolled a 10, so... Oh, no. So that means that Arabe automatically has sneak attack on Talindra for a minute. But she only gets one attack this round because she has already used her bonus action. And she can't cast Hunter's Mark because she has used her bonus action. So I think Arabe is going to use her movement 5, 10 feet to draw even on Talindra and make an attack with her short sword. She rolled another 24. <laughs> Which, even with Talindra's enchanted armor, is going to hit. But her damage wasn't super awesome. It's 6 plus sneak attack is 8, so a total of 14 damage. And then it is Kalesa's turn. 
she's going to use almost her full movement to draw even with Talindra because Erve is already there and uh, Kalissa has a bit of metatextual knowledge that two rogues up on somebody is <laughs> a situation. She's going to make two dagger attacks and she gets advantage on both of those dagger attacks because Erve is flanking. That's two 22s. Yeah, that's absolutely going to hit Talindra. Okay, so Kalesa does a total of 23 damage on Talindra with her two dagger attacks. And that is Talindra's turn. So what Talindra's going to do is burn both her action and her bonus action without doing any damage. For her action, she is going to use a Hidden Paths feature from Circle of Dreams to move Ravane 30 feet back because she's right next to him. And then she is going to use a bonus action to teleport herself 60 feet up onto the next ridge. So with that movement, she is not all the way up on the ridge. She's kind of hanging off the rocks, but she is back from the combat. And Ravane is also back pretty much as far as he can get on the map. But she does not use any attack features or anything. She's just using her action to get Ravane out of combat range and try to get herself on the high ground as much as she can. So the next person up is going to be Verity. So first thing that Verity's going to do is she's going to cast a healing word on Fee at third level. And Fee gets back 15 hit points. So that was Verity's bonus action. Then she's going to take her movement. She's going to push past Fen, Sabine, and Kalesa. And then she still has her action. She can't cast another spell, but she can cast a cantrip. She's going to cast Thorn Whip at Ravane and yell, I'm sorry about this. You are so good at kissing. And she rolled a 15, which does hit Ravane's armor class. Ravane is going to use his reaction to cast Shield. <laughs> the thorns collide with this plane of magical force up in front of him. And he goes, yeah, you're really good at kissing, too. I really wish this wasn't happening. And then it's Ravane's turn now. He's burned his reaction, but... He blinks hurriedly and goes, Ow! And then he casts Animate Dead and brings up three discombobulated animal skeletons around him as a buffer between him and Verity. He said ow even though he didn't take any damage. <laughs> he took emotional damage is the thing. <laughs> and that's Ravane's turn. Fantastic. So next in the initiative is Fen. Fen has taken note of the fact that there is exactly one person on Team Leo that does not have somebody up on them right now. So Fen is going to take his movement and run up on Mia with his axe. Okay, so Fen rolls two attacks. Those are both going to hit. Uh, actually, he's going to burn his action surge and roll two more. Hey, Fenandris. So all four of those are going to hit. He rolls four D8 and he adds plus four to every single attack. So... <laughs> oh. That's 
three eights and a seven. <laughs> Sinandris Tormare does 47 damage on one round. Just absolutely hack and slash at Nia. Fen burns his action surge, absolutely lays into Mia. I think they go flying back against the tall rock wall of this ridge on the mountain, and their body leaves an indentation and a crumbling in the rock behind them from an impact that seems much higher than their weight. They stand back up. There is like one small trickle of silvery blood that comes down out of the corner of their mouth, but other than that, they didn't feel that 40-something damage. And they crack their neck, they look up at Fen, and they wink. Well, hey there, Slugger. And then they're gonna make a couple attacks on him. Only one of those is gonna hit. They are not close enough to anybody to get sneak attack, so they run back up on Fen after he, like, hurls them back against this ridge, and they do... Nine damage. Okay, and we are back up at the top of the order with Fee. You are still under the effects of the hold person spell, so that is going to be a repeated whiz save to get out of that. Fifteen. You are out, but that is your action. I'll take that. I'll take it. It's fine. <laughs> okay, and then we're over to Leo. He's got his animate dead up, so he has his three skeletons. He's going to use his bonus action to command the three skeletons to guard the ridge from anyone on Team Fee that is attempting to climb. So all three of the skeletons are readying attacks for anybody from Fee's team that tries to come up the ridge. And then he is going to use his movement, so that's 15 feet of movement up to the ridge, and then um, climbing these ridges, Fee, you thunder stepped up there, but just for precedence sake, if you are straight up climbing the ridges, it is 15 feet of your movement and a DC 15 athletics check. Oh, he handily does not make the check, however. He rolled a natural two with his athletics, that's a four. So <laughs> he tries to scrabble up the ridge and then slips back down. And then we are moving on to Sabine and Zed. Zed is still incapacitated on the ground laughing. It's not Sabine's fault that she's sexy and charming and funny. Like, Sabine's going to give bardic inspiration to Kalesa. She's going to yell to Kalesa, your hair's really flattering for your face shape. And Kalesa, mid, like, recovery from a swing, straightens her posture, looks back, and just grins and says, thanks! <laughs> what would you like to do for your action? Because that's a bonus action. For her action, she is going to cast Firebolt towards Mia, because she just watched Fen hit them a bunch, and it did nothing. Whew. That's a 19. Yes, that will most definitely hit. So Mia's gonna take a big fat 6 damage. It does, visually, nothing. I think it, like, singes the end of one curl of their hair that has escaped from their braid. And they blink over at it, sniff, glare at Sabine, and go, you try that again, I'll end you. Do you know how hard I work on this deep condition and treatment? Yeah, and I just paid 10 gold for a facial, but, you know, you win some, you lose some. 
And then it's Zed who has to burn his action to try to save out of this again. Uh, yeah, he rolled a 17, so he is gonna use his action to escape the save DC on the Tasha's hideous laughter. Zed stands back up, cracks his neck, does kind of like the upwards bro nod at Sabine and goes, Man, imagine needing magic to be funny. Couldn't be me. And then, yeah, he's just going to use his bonus action to do an offhand attack on her, which isn't going to get any kind of bonus, but... who? He slugs her for five damage and goes, You know, my mother raised me to respect women, so I'm going to respect you by kicking your ass in single combat. Sabine takes that punch full in the face, reaches up and as a free action wipes some blood out from under her nose. And says, I'll remember that. And then we are over to Arave and Kalesa and Talindra. But Talindra is way out of range. She's up on the ridge. I think Arave and Kalesa kind of look at each other for a second. And Arave shrugs and says, I can start shooting if you want to start running. And then she pulls her bow off of her back. And then I'm going to roll a hit on the longbow. Ooh. Hell yeah, Arave. That was a 22. And she does get to apply her sneak attack because of insightful fighting. So she's going to roll 1d8 on the bow, 2d6 for sneak attack, plus 5. Christ. So that is 8, 14, 17, 22. Ooh, Talindra really didn't like that. She's not looking so hot. Uh, Kalesa's attack? Kalesa's not within range. Kalesa's going to use her full action to dash. So I believe Kalesa goes 60 feet. She's going to have to go back and around the back of Sabine. Otherwise, she's going to provoke an attack of opportunity from Zed. Which she does not want to do because he is a very large man and she is busy. Kalesa does have cunning action. Kalesa can bonus action dash. Okay. So she's going to do that cunning action, she's going to get 60 feet of movement, and she's going to try to climb the ridge. She is going to provoke an, an attack from one of Leo's skeletons to do that. They readied actions. And she is right by the goat skeleton. Yeah, roll that attack. 23. That handily hits Calista's AC. Okay, so John the goat skeleton rams her for... Six piercing damage with his horns. He rushes her. Catches her right in the stomach. Okay. Kalesa takes that goat skeleton to the stomach. She stops and, like, cocks her head to the side. And I think she side-eyes Leo and just nods to herself. And then she's going to make an athletics check to climb the ridge. Come on, Kalesa. Come on, come on, come on. Fuck. She didn't roll that. (laughs) Yeah, Kalesa and Leo are both just scrabbling at this ridge. Side-eyeing each other in deep disappointment. Okay, and then Talindra's up. She doesn't feel good. So Talindra teleported up to the top of the first ridge. She is going to use Balm of the Summer Court, which is a Circle of Dreams thing, to bonus action heal herself. She's going to go ahead and take six of those d6, because she does not feel good after... Arave gets her right in the shoulder with an arrow. So as a bonus action, she heals herself for 22. And she's going to stay where she is up on top of this ridge. She has high ground. So that is going to give her advantage to fire back at Arave. 
So she pulls back this bow, a gleaming arrow made out of light appears in the bow, and she lets it fly at Arave with advantage because she's on the high ground. Yep, she is just barely going to tag Arave with that for 10 damage. So she gets Arave with this light arrow right in, I think, the arm that is already pulling back her bowstring for another attack and goes, nothing personal, kid, you're a good shot. And now we're down to Verity and Ravane. As Ravane raises these horrible, misshapen Franken-skeletons from the ground around him, Verity goes, That is very upsetting! And then she's gonna burn a wild shape to go starry form. As she does that, she gets, on her first bonus action, a ranged spell attack to hurl an arrow at him. That's a 14, which is just barely gonna hit Ravane. So that is 13 radiant damage to Ravane. Her whole body lights up, just these points of, like, starlight at her joints connected with this silvery strands of light over her skin connecting them. And she just rears her hand back and an arrow materializes in it, and she just fucking shot puts it at him. 13? 13 damage. <laughs> oh my god, Verity. Ravane extremely didn't like that. That really didn't feel good for our favorite squishy wizard. Yeah, he takes this arrow to the shoulder and then it disappears into motes of light and he goes, Ow? I mean, Selica told me that this is what having a girlfriend was like, but I didn't think. Uh, am I your girlfriend? Did we discuss? We'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then Verity is about to have a very bad time because she's about to be on the receiving end of three skeleton attacks as a bonus action. And none of them fucking hit. Literally, I just rolled three d20, and I rolled three sixes. These skeletons, like, try to attack Verity, and she just matrixes her way out of the way and goes, Oh, I don't like that at all. I, I also did not enjoy being shot. That wasn't fun. Yeah, he's gonna run up on her in Vampiric Toucher because she just took a lot of his hit points. And, uh, can I use Sweetie to give me advantage on that? Yes, Sweetie is a familiar. Sweetie can't give the help action at any point. I'm going to go ahead and do that at fourth level, because she put a hurting on me. Ouch! Hey, that'll do it. That's a 19. So Verity takes 12 damage. I'm going to get six of that back for Ravane on Vampiric Touch. And now we are down to Fen and Mia. So, Fen's fine. I think emotionally he didn't enjoy hitting somebody and it having no effect on them. And also, he's having some very confusing thoughts right now. So Fen's gonna... Interesting. The highest one was a 14. Fen tried to take swings at Mia and missed all of them? Yep. <laughs> Every single one of them. <laughs> Fenandris. <laughs> Every single swing a miss. Mia, completely not even having to move from where their feet are planted on the ground, just dodges out of the way of each of these swipes, wiggles their eyebrows at Fen and goes... What's the matter, champ? You seem a little flustered. And it's gonna try to hit him twice. Oh yeah, both of those are gonna hit. So they stab him twice for 15 damage. I think there's a moment after they say that where Fen is like trying to come up with a response and then they stab him twice. And he says, I'm not flustered, I'm pissed. I mean, I've been told how pretty I am does make people angry. 
Fen takes a deep breath <laughs> and puts a hand up and then puts it back down. <laughs> and then we are back up to the top of the initiative with Fee, who you are now out of your hold person spell, so you have movement again. I'm not going to be able to see the top of that other ridge. No, you cannot see it. It is an- another like 15, 20 feet up. It's going to be an athletics check to get up there. Yeah, then Fee's going to use her full movement to try to get over there. And then she's going to try to make that athletics check. That was a natural goddamn 20. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> okay. You close on the bottom of this ridge. And I think as you are just sprinting for this rocky ledge, you can hear and feel thunder rumbling along the hem of the Gift of the Stormbringer as it flutters around your legs, and a burst of thunder actually propels you up into the air, and your hands close around this ridge, and you scrabble up. Holy shit, Miss Valsine. <laughs> Down at the bottom of the map, where he still is, because he flunked that athletics check, Leo sees you go airborne and get a hell to the ledge. Shakes his head and goes, Well, if this isn't a metaphor for my childhood, I don't know what is. So I'm not going to get my bonus action to command my skeletons this round, because I'm using my bonus action to try to climb the ridge, so let's do that first. There we go, buddy, that's a 17. Okay, so Leo scrambles up onto the first ridge. He climbs up right next to Talindra, looking extremely haggard. And Talindra goes, Nice work, very sarcastically. <laughs> Leo puts up one middle finger at her and casts Spiritual Weapon. I can't attack with it this round because I already used my bonus action to get up. So that's going to do it for Leo's turn. He's standing up on the first ridge right next to Talindra. And then we are going down to Sabine and Zed. Sabine, who has just been punched in the face. Sabine just wiping blood out from underneath her nose. She's going to pause. And I think she's going to shout to Verity. <laughs> it's okay. Rejection is natural. You'll find somebody better. And then Verity shouts back. I know, but I'm so sad. Okay, so that's bardic inspiration for Verity as well. Yes, it is. And then Sabine turns back to look at Zed and says, This isn't going to be pleasant. And then she stomps her foot, so her bells jingle, and she has heat metal. Zed doesn't have any weapons. That makes you drop weapons. Zed does not have any weapons. He does have several facial piercings. (gasps) Oh my god! Do I- what do I roll- I can't save from that. They're in his face! (laughs) Nope! Yeah! For the record, um, Zed has dimple piercings and a septum ring. (laughs) And he's got his tusk jewelry, which is right up against his lips. Oh my god! I'm gonna be nice, I'm just gonna cast that at first level. 2d8 fire damage. And Zed has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. Zed takes nine fire damage as his facial piercings superheat spontaneously in his face. I think Zed staggers forward and doesn't, like, yell in pain. He just screams, Why? 
Okay, and I have disadvantage on attack rolls. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> oh, I rolled a 19 and a 17, though, so I am going to hit her. Okay, so that's going to be nine damage. So you're going to have to make a DC 10 concentration check to maintain concentration on that heat metal. That's a 12, though. Okay, so she's maintaining concentration. Yeah, I'm going to burn a key point and do Flurry of Blows. So I get two more attacks, but they're both with fucking disadvantage because I didn't break her concentration. That's not going to do it for the first one. Not going to do it for the second one either. Yes, that is just flailing around, pawing at his face, screaming, Why? What are you, homophobic? Okay, then we're up to Arave, Kalesa, and Talindra. I think Arave is going to take another shot. 13. Not going to fucking hit. So, Arave tries to shoot at Talindra. Misses. Uh, casts Hunter's Mark. And yells to Kalesa, Anytime you want to get up there, it would be really convenient. And Kalesa, like, scrabbling for purchase on this rock face, yells back, you know, I could do without the commentary right now, Arave. It's really not constructive <laughs> to what I'm trying to do here. And Arave yells back, and what you're trying to do is not climb up the rocks? Talindra looks down the ridge at Kalesa and goes, she's got you there, kid. Kalesa just says, okay, fuck both of you. And then she's going to make an athletics check to try to get up the ridge. Natural fucking 20! <laughs> Kalesa just springs up the fucking ridge. Just goes. <laughs> she gets up there. She is next to Leo, not to Lindra. She looks, like, extremely hurt. She just yells, you are such a jackass! And then she's gonna try and stab him. And she rolled a natural 18. I think she's, like, on the verge of tears. <laughs> and then she's gonna swipe Leo for five damage. Ha, Leo's not feeling good. So, Talindra gets an action and a bonus action. Let me check her out really quick. Yeah, she's gonna give him 2d6 off of her pool for Balm of the Summer Court and heal him for... Woof, 12 damage. Thank you, Talindra. And then use her action to do another Hidden Paths. She's gonna zap him up to the other ridge. So she cannot make any attacks or do any spells. She is going to use her movement to get back from Kalesa, though. So she's going to teleport Leo 30 feet. That gets him to the bottom of the next ridge. And then she's going to use her movement to move along the edge of the first ridge, but down to kind of get out of Kalesa's range. Okay. And then that's Talindra's turn. We're down to Verity and Ravane. Just first off, as a bonus action, Verity's going to do that 1d8 plus 5 damage from Starry Archer. 8 damage to Ravane. Verity's going to yell, Well, if we're summoning friends, and then she's going to cast Conjure Woodland Beings, which is a 4th level spell, and she summons two Dryads that just pop up <laughs> between the skeletons. And then both of these dryads are going to cast Shillelagh and then do melee weapon attacks on uh, two of Ravane's skeletons. 
Those are both going to hit. The lower one was a 16. Okay, so one of the skeletons takes eight damage, and the other takes five. Okay, that brings us down to Ravane. Uh, Ravane is going to order his skeletons to attack the dryads. First one's going to hit. Second one is not. So, yeah, the third one is also going to run up on the other dryad. And that one is going to hit. So, dryad number one is going to take three damage. Dryad number two is going to take eight damage. Verity watches her dryads get <laughs> hit by these Franken-skeletons and yells, It's okay, ladies, we got this! Your friends seem really nice, I hate to do this! He casts Vampiric Touch again. Oh, natural 19. So he does nine damage, gets four back for himself. Yeah, he smacks her with another Vampiric Touch and goes, I am so sorry, but that really hurt. Verity says, I'm sorry, I don't- I really feel like this is a mutually dissatisfying situation, right? Right? I don't think either of us is happy right now. We're down to Fen and Mia. Mia turns around over their shoulder, looking at this fracas behind them of, like, dryads and skeletons and Ravane and Verity just in the middle of this combat talking to each other and goes- can y'all save your relationship drama for a more convenient time, please? It's Fen's turn. Fen yells, can't help but disagree, not sticking around to discuss it. And then he does disengage as an action and he's going to go and run after Fee. Okay, so he moves 30 feet towards the ridge. He is not in the threatened area of Leo's skeletons yet, so that's his action. Mia's going to run after him. I think they skid in front of him to kind of halt his progress. And they smile with their very sharp teeth and say, Aw, darling, are you trying to dip out on our date? Fen stammers for a second and then says, It's not a date! And then Mia's gonna swing on him twice. Only one of those is gonna hit. It's still, uh, nine damage, though. Oh, man. <laughs> Fen's starting to not feel good. Yeah, Fen's a tank, but that's, that's not an insignificant amount of damage that he's taken. Okay, and then we are back up at the top of the order with Fee. Fee, you scrabble up to the top of this ridge, and you can see these massive dwarven statues standing up in front of you, surrounding something that looks almost exactly like the portals from the Silent Cities. It's a big stone circle on the ground, the same runes that you're now familiar with etched into the stone around it. Dormant. It doesn't look like anything about it is broken. It doesn't look like anything about it is non-functional. But you are going to have to get around these statues. They are massive. The bases of these statues are 40 feet across. And you would have to athletics check to scrabble over them. You're going to have to go around unless you want to athletics check to go over them. No, I'm going to go around. Okay, you can get like up to the corner of this first statue. Yeah, 30 feet isn't going to do it. Sophie's going to go ahead and dash another 30. To get directly in the center of the portal. She braces herself. And there is just a moment where she takes a very deep breath. And then she sets her jaw like she has made a decision. And she waits. Okay, and now we're over to Leo. He is going to try to fucking climb this ridge. Natural fucking 20! <laughs> it's the season! Alley, folks. 
so many not 20s to get up this fucking mountain anyway so far yeah three so far no not 20s on attacks but everybody is suddenly really good at rock climbing (laughs) colossal voice parkour leo sees fee running off towards the portal and just buoyed by rage and grief and loss and the utter unfairness of anything fucking vaults up the side of this ridge gets purchase on the top and starts sprinting And he's going to take a dash to get up to the corner of the statue. So he has a line of sight on Fee and on the portal. And that's Leo's entire turn. We're down to Sabine and Zed. Sabine still has that heat metal going. Sabine, I think, has noted that Leo has moved from the second ridge. She takes a deep breath, says, Fuck! Zed's going to take another 2d8 damage from Heat Metal as a bonus action. Uh, 13. Ow. But then he's going to get an opportunity attack as Sabine just starts running. No, he doesn't hit. Sabine is just running. I think Sabine is going to take her full movement to run up on Fen and Mia. She takes another opportunity attack from Mia. And this one's not going to be with disadvantage. Mia rolled a crit on that opportunity attack. 12. Okay. Sabine fucking eats that 12 damage, grits her teeth, and to Fen, she says, hang on, and then she casts Dimension Door. Where are you headed? Because you got up to 500 feet with that Dimension Door, and you could take up to one willing creature, so. Sabine is going to Dimension Door them to the top of one of the statues that she could see on the ridge, the nearest one to them. That is well within the 500 feet of Dimension Door. Since you guys are on the head of this statue, I'm going to need Sabine and Fen to give me deck saves to not fall off, because you're going to take about 40 feet of falling damage if you don't make it. DC 15. Sabine makes the deck save, Fen does not. Okay, Fen is going to take 4d6 falling damage. As he staggers on the head of this statue, gets high-centered, he's in heavy armor, he doesn't have great dexterity right now, so he's going to take... 17 fall damage. Fen's max HP is 74. He's down to 24 hit points. And he just hits the ground, face plants into the stone. But he's up there. That was what Sabine was trying to accomplish. She does yell, sorry! (laughs) Aw, buddy. All Fen does is lose. All Fen does is lose. Okay, it's Zed's turn. Sabine grabs Fen, teleports up there. Zed comes to the terrifying realization that the situation up on top of this mountain, as far as Leo goes, is a three-on-one. And he fucking books it. He is burning a key point to do Step of the Wind. He is doing his max amount of movement taking a dash action, burning Step of the Wind to double his jump distance and give himself advantage on all of the climbing checks on all of the ridges. Zed's maximum movement is 145 feet for this turn. So let me roll those climb checks. Nat 20. 
another nat 20. Two in a row. <laughs> Mr. Stonebloom. Zed realizes that Leo is in a three-on-one situation up on top of this mountain right now. Turns around at the glow of his facial piercings fading as Sabine disappears. And just fucking sprints. Vaults up both of these ridges in between Kalesa and Talindra up onto the top of this mountain. His maximum movement lets him draw in right behind Leo on a diagonal. My god, Zed Stonebloom, everybody. Okay, so that's Erevé, Kalesa, and Talindra. Erevé takes note of the situation. Loud enough that Verity and Kalesa can both hear her, she yells, Ladies, it appears that we are all congregating at the top now. <laughs> and then she puts her bow back on her back, and she takes off. Yeah, she has a cunning action she can take, so what route is she taking? Because there's a possibility she could take an opportunity attack from either Ravane or the skeletons. Well, that's why um, she's going to use disengage for her cunning action. So for her cunning action, she's disengaging and then taking dashes and action? Yeah, she's trying to get up there. So yeah, she can't make the check to climb the ridge because of taking her bonus actions to do various things. She draws even with this ridge and gets ready to climb. I think she has her portal key just like clutched in her hand. And then it's Kalesa's turn. Kalesa's also going to use her full movement. I think Kalesa's also going to dash. So 20, and then she's going to make an athletics check to get up the second ridge. Kalesa rolled a 16. Kalesa makes it up the other ridge. And then she's going to dash. Kalesa gets up diagonal from Zed right behind Leo. And that's her turn. Uh, Talindra can bonus action teleport up to 60 feet, so she's gonna hop up on the ridge as well after she sees everybody scrambling up there. She's closing on where Leo, Zed, and Kalesa are grouped up, and she has a line of sight on everybody where she is right now, except for Sabine, who's on top of the statue. And for her action, she is going to drop a spike growth up the side of the statue and in the general area where Fen is laying at the bottom. So she's basically making difficult terrain between Fen and Sabine and Fee, while giving Leo a clear shot, basically. Yeah, so everything between where Fen and Sabine are and Fee is difficult terrain, so it's going to cost double movement, and for every five feet either of them moves, they're going to take 2d4 piercing damage. And now we are down to Verity and Ravane, who are just kind of hanging out on the bottom ridge with all of their skeletons and dryads. Verity looks up at all the commotion happening and then says to Ravane, I think it would be more inconvenient for us to get up there than it's worth right now. Do you want to kiss again? Yes, I do. <laughs> I think they both use their turns to make out. Yeah, 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 yeah. While their dryads and skeletons go at each other. <laughs> the dryads are just going to cast bark skin. Two of the skeletons do hit, though. Neither of them die. The skeletons each do four damage on both of them. <laughs> As Ravane and Verity completely ignore the combat happening around them and fully make out. 
<laughs> and then we have Fen and Mia, although Fen and Mia are very highly separated right now. So you go ahead and take Fen's action. He is prone in the middle of a spike growth spell, so he's going to take half his movement to get up anyway, and also he's in the middle of difficult terrain. Fen's going to use that half of his movement to get up. So he's got 15 feet left, but that's halved by the difficult terrain, so he's got seven, which I believe rounds down. So I think Fen laboriously moves five feet. And that's 2d4 damage from Talindra's spike growth. So he takes five damage. Fen takes that damage. Fenandris Tormer, bloody, but standing, raises his axe and readies an attack action for anybody that passes him. So Mia, still down at the bottom of the ridge with Arave, who is trying to climb, and Verity and Ravain, who are just making out looks at all of this shit that goes down around them, so, like, Fen blinking out from in front of them, Sabine Dimension dooring them up there, Zed becoming the Flash, briefly. (laughs) And they just stand there and blink and go, Well, shit. (laughs) And then they go and try to climb the ridge. (laughs) And they don't do it. (laughs) They go try to scrabble up, and they break a nail and they go, ah, oh, damn it, and then slide back down. That puts us back at the top of the order. Fee steps to the edge of this portal, visibly braces herself, casts Storm Sphere so it roars up behind her. The 20 foot radius sphere of just howling wind and flashing lightning. She looks Leo in the eye, and she says, Let's finish it. Leo snarls, teeth bared, and says, Yes, let's. And casts a third level ray of sickness at her. So that's going to be a 17 to hit on that ray of sickness. That's going to do it. you take 27 damage. Roll me a con save to check and see if you're poisoned. That's going to be with disadvantage because you are Australian. Even with disadvantage, it's a 17. Okay, you're not poisoned, but you take that damage. And then he is going to use the rest of his movement. I'm skirting around the spike growth, but I'm headed towards the portal. We are going to drop out of initiative, because as soon as Leo crosses within 20 feet of the portal, Celica's improvised portal key starts to pulse with this sickly blue light, like a heartbeat, where it is strung on a chain around Leo's neck. It starts to just be this white, hot point against the material of his breastplate. And the portal starts to glow and slowly spin. It is like nothing you have ever seen before, Leo. A teleportation circle is a relatively contained piece of magic, and it goes off without much fanfare. This is a swirling, cataclysmic vortex of raw magic. And it just starts to go, and it starts picking up. 
there is a moment where the gravity in it seems altered as it starts to whirl in time with the roaring winds of Fee's storm sphere. Fee lifts up off of her feet for a second. And you watch her eyes go big and terrified. And as you close to the edge of this portal, she puts one hand up to the base of her throat and inhales shakily. And then she sticks that other hand out to you. Is she in danger right now? It seems like it. she has been propelled just a bit off of her feet. She is starting to fall back into this roaring vortex of magic. There is a simultaneously short and yet infinite moment where Leo looks at her and sees the fear. And in that moment, all of the rage and pain and grief drops away. And he deflates a little, almost. And he reaches into the portal to pull her out. As we close on our story for now. We do not do so through the eyes of either Leoril or Ferora Valsine. We do so through the eyes of the witnesses of what happens next. Sabine is on top of this statue. She burns every possible action she can trying to get down. There's a moment where she considers Dimension Dooring into the portal and then realizes that that won't work. And she just starts climbing down as frantically as she can. Fen, bleeding, struggling, fights back against this spike growth to take another inconsequential movement that he can't exit the spell with. And then we see things through Zed's eyes. Zed is fast. He can close this distance if he really feels like it. He's not encumbered by any of the spells, any of the areas of effect that are happening right now. Zed watches Leo reach out for Fee and watches their hands lock and is the first person to see the magic of the portal arc out through Fee's hand and into Leo. And he sprints. He runs as fast as he can for the edge of this portal, and there is one bright moment of hope where Leo is solid and warm in his arms. And then, as the other participants of this cataclysmic battle look on, both of the Valsines disappear. And that's it for season one, everybody.
<sighs> we fucking made it, kids. I feel like I'm gonna be sick. Oh, mood. Oh my god. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. So, um, yeah. 21 episodes later, here we are. Um, and there is so much more to come. Next time on Compelled Duel. (laughs) Hey, everybody. It's Barry. Hope you're all doing okay, because we're sure not. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for sticking with us through this entire first season of Compelled Duel. We have been so, so pleased to share this story with everybody. And now it comes time for us to discuss something maybe a little sad. Uh, We will be taking a six-week hiatus while we plan, record several episodes of, and otherwise clean up season two. Not to worry, we will have stuff going on during the hiatus. We'll be posting lots of playlists on the official Spotify account. We'll have a bonus episode coming out for our patrons on Patreon. There's plenty of stuff that's going to be coming to keep you guys occupied during the hiatus, but we will be taking a break where new episodes will not be going up for the next six weeks. As always, here at the end of the episode, I'll plug our social medias. You can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and TikTok at Compelled Duel. You can also find us on TikTok at Compelled Duel Audios, where we post audio snippets from the show. We have an official Spotify account, an official website, all sorts of cool stuff. You can find those linked on our various social media profiles. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, we ask that you consider pledging to our Patreon. Our pledges start at just $2 a month, and you can get things like early access, access to bonus content, access to exclusive playlists on the Spotify, even letters from your favorite character every month. If you're interested in supporting the podcast in ways other than pledging to the Patreon, we ask that you leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us get promoted to a wider listener base and grow our audience a little bit. And as always, word-of-mouth advertising is the best advertisement that we have right now, so if you're enjoying the show, just tell three friends about it, and if they like it, ask them to tell three friends. Our hiatus will end, and Season 2 will begin on Friday, June 11th, 2021, or if you are a member of our Patreon, you will get access to that on Thursday, June 10th. We will see you guys in six weeks. Thanks so much.